O come, O come, Emmanuel, what is the significance of the word Emmanuel? And I want to look at that very idea this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you look with me at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. And Emmanuel's promise is peace. And I, as I was looking at this passage of Scripture and studying it, I found it amazing and the very thing that comes with the announcement of the Christ child is also the heralding of a proclamation of peace. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says, but while, let's look at uh, verse 18 for context. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, I have taken to thee, marry thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be a child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What a wonderful statement. The story is told of a father who decided that Christmas was going to be different this year. He called a family conference and challenged his family to be more disciplined in the management of their time during the busy Christmas season. They had to curtail excessive spending on gifts. He talked about better relations between visiting relatives in a more congenial atmosphere around their home. He brought his speech to a crescendo with his final cry, let's make this the best Christmas ever. His second grade son countered the big motivational speech by noting, but dad, I don't see how we could ever improve on the first Christmas. On this day, celebrating the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, we sing of Emmanuel, meaning God with us. That little baby, as we think here from the nativity story, is Emmanuel. What Emmanuel, God, the creator who spoke this world into existence, entered into humanity with all of its mess and mayhem. In John 1.10, he, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He enters this world of fear, despair, crime, hatred, racism, greed, and so forth. The one who was perfect and without fault entered the chaos of earth. But God's desire has always been in to be in harmony and with humanity. He pursues humanity. And some 2,000 years ago, he enters as an infant into time and earth to reconcile us to himself. He suffered as we have faced. He faced the frailties that you and I suffer. He suffered the weaknesses that we encounter. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, 
yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He bids us to come, not on our merits, but solely his affection for us. He is jealous over our hearts. Religion, whatever the faith, apart from biblical Christianity, teaches us that we must do some works in order to gain the attention, the anticipated response of a deity or principle whose power we esteem to be greater than ours. To those who would be adherents of this other faith, they give to this object, objects of worship, their time, their talents, their finances, to produce mutually beneficial results and hopefully guarantee themselves and an eternity and a satisfactory condition upon earth. The onus is on for those of another faith to act. How is Emmanuel different? How does Emmanuel benefit this world? What does he do? Why is there such a great significance upon, in a worldly context, a seemingly benign and insignificant story of a baby being born in a stable? Babies are born all the time. Hospitals all over the world. But the truth of God with us, as given by the Bible, is one of extreme satisfaction to those who know him. How, you ask? I will explain. The principle this morning is let Emmanuel be with you and indwell you through faith in him and find the peace that only comes from God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, <clears throat> I love you. And Father, I thank you for your wonderful grace. Lord, I thank you for the songs we were able to sing this morning. God, the unworthiness as we come before your throne. Lord, I, I need your help. God, I pray that you'd speak through me and speak to the hearts of the listeners, those in present or those watching. And Father, I pray that the message of God with us would resound. God with us, no matter where we're at, you are there. Father, for those that do not know you this morning, I pray that they would call out to Emmanuel, call out to Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and be gloriously saved. Lord, I need your help. Guide my thoughts and my words. Make the words clear and understandable. Lord, I commit this hour to thee. I love you, Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen. God with us. Verses 29 and 30 here. Uh, as we look at this, verse 22 and 23, excuse me. Despite all of earth's ills, Emmanuel brings peace in our hearts. A peace from fear and a peace with God. Fear in our hearts is really one of, I, I, we had a gentleman here one time, he was working at the hospital and he was doing his PhD in uh, psychiatry. And he told me that the most prevalent emotion of our day is fear. Fear. Anxiety. Worry. The words of the angel of the Lord to Mary were to pacify her fears. Much like in Luke chapter 1, we find 
or Luke chapter 2, excuse me, much like the, the, the shepherd did the angels as they spoke to the shepherds, fear not. The announcement to this virgin young woman came with a promise to not fear. I'd like you to look with me at Luke chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. God's desire is not to produce in us. Now, he does tell us to fear God. And that's an act of reverence, not of quaking fear. But in Luke chapter 1, verses 29 and 30, what did God's angels say to Mary? I've already mentioned it. But verse 29 of Luke chapter 1. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. God's not coming to create a quaking fear of some divine deity, much like you would find in other faiths. We find in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, this very similar sentiments. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, What are the first words? Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The first words are fear not that are recorded in Scripture. The angel states that Emmanuel is for all people. It doesn't matter your culture. I don't care what part of this world, in the smallest, most insignificant place on earth, he came for you. He's for all people. It's good news for all. Jesus, Emmanuel's life, came to preach peace to those who are estranged from God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, and that he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. He says, listen, you're estranged and I came to you. I'm pursuing you. And the very thing as we find from the shepherd as the shepherd, chief shepherd, speaks to the earthly shepherds through the angel, fear not. We find this resounding theme in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Emmanuel, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Emmanuel, I don't need to fear. His announcements to the shepherds came with a plea to not fear. And it also came with a plea of peace. As we find in verse 10 of Luke chapter 2, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Look at verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Good will. Toward men. Comes from that hymn in our hymn books. I know who holds tomorrow. He says fear not. And peace. Peace with myself and reconciliation. To a relationship of harmony with the creator. Peace in my soul. From day to day. 
The Emmanuel we profess is the Emmanuel who knows all about us. Look with me in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And I want to read the hymn after this, after I read this short passage of Scripture. I'm going to read a hymn. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. In this song, I know who holds tomorrow. Let me read this for you. The first stanza goes, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. From its skies may turn, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er my future, for I know what Jesus said, and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. And the, the chorus goes, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. The other, the other verses go, every step is getting brighter as the golden stairs I climb. Every burden's getting lighter. Every cloud is silver lined. There the sun is always shining. There no tear will dim the eye. At the ending of the rainbow, where the mountains touch the sky, it goes back to the chorus. And then in the final chorus, final verse, I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame of the flood. But his presence goes before me, and I'm covered by his blood. Going back to the chorus, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, the God who's with us in the hardest of times and the greatest of times. God's desire is to comfort his own in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus came. Emmanuel desired Jesus came to bring comfort. Now he also, it also talks about bringing enmity between parents and, and family and those sorts of things for those who resist Christ, but... God's desire is for those who come to him for comfort. He pursues those who cry out to him in the despair, many times, of their wrong choices and sinful conditions. The parting of Jesus will leave with you and I. Jesus leaves, Emmanuel, God with us. God says, I'm not going to leave you without a comforter. John 14, 26 and 27. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you a peace as this world will give you. You might get peace from holidays and Christmas and other such events of life for a short period of time. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you a peace that is much greater. It's not of this world. 
We find Romans 5.1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace. I have that harmony, that connection with God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What are some implications of God with us, Emmanuel? Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says, listen, in your life, I've got thoughts of peace for your life. You're thinking sometimes, God, life's pretty hard right now. How can you be giving me thoughts of peace? He says, listen, come back to me. That's where in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, God doesn't discriminate on our age. He would say, suffer the little children. In Matthew 19, 14, that portion of that verse, he, he doesn't discriminate on the culture, for God so loved the world. If you live on this world, you're a part of God's love. He doesn't discriminate on the sins that have characterized your past. Matthew eleven nineteen, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, and a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified over children. Jesus would eat with the worst of them. But the peace that he gives, Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt give him perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What is the result of God with us? He wants to rescue humanity from eternity without him. In a place the Bible calls hell. In John 3, 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He bore all of my sins. He suffered much. 1 Peter 2, 22-24, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. He says, listen, God with us in human form, in human flesh. He says, I want to give peace, and I'll suffer the greatest torture, because I want you with me. We have God in us. As we would find in the Holy Spirit of God, the, the Holy Ghost, John 14, verse 17, at the latter portion of it, but ye know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit of God indwells you if you are a child of God. You've placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all your sins. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What is the condition for the Holy Spirit's indwelling? We find, going back to our main passage in Matthew chapter 1. And the latter portion of verse 21. For he shall save his people from their sins. You've got to come to the re- realization that you're a sinner. John the Baptist would say, The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. You also have to understand that it is not Jesus plus It's not Jesus and good works. It's not Jesus and anything else. It's only Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
He says, I want all of you. Emmanuel. I'd like you to think about this in Galatians chapter 4, Emmanuel's gift that God is for us. So God is with us, God is in us, and God is for us. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Emmanuel's gift. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. He says, listen, you aren't my child, but I'll make you my own. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his, of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Why can I call God Father? Because the spirit of God lives within me. He's my father. He's your father. You know what, there's something so satisfying. If you had a parent or guardian growing up whom you could call dad. And you can get on the phone and you can say, hey dad, I'm really struggling today. Emmanuel says, I want to make you my child. I want to be with you. Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. But if God is for us, there's a condition that must be reconciled. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says you were an enemy. Romans 5.10 goes on to say, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. We see a cross up here. So upon that cross was laid all and every wicked thing that I've ever done. No, not that exact cross, but a cross some 2,000 years ago. And so are all your sins. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord, Jehovah, hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God with us, God says, listen, you can't work your way to me. There's no avenue, no path to me that you can do on your own. God with us is telling us, listen, I'll bear, I will fix the mess that you created. Because God so loved the world. I'd like you to look with me at Psalm 103. I don't know what your past holds. And many times there are things in our past we wish we could so quickly forget. Sometimes of our own doing, sometimes of others against us. But irrespective of the reasoning, there are times that we wished we could just forget. And yet in God's economy and all of the bad works that I end up doing, God with us, what does that peace that he promised, fear not, peace, what does that do? Look with me, verse 10 of Psalm 103. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. I don't get what I deserve. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him, as far as the east is from the west, so far 
hath he removed our transgression from us. That fear him there is a reverence. You know what? There is a respect for law enforcement. Well, we're seeing less of it in our day and age, but there's a respect for law enforcement knowing that if I'm going to do something that is against the law, I could face the judgment. But if there's no, I mean, I'm not fearing and quaking to be around a police officer just to be around them. I mean, we had one here for our Christmas banquet. Just because he's here wasn't like, oh. But he says, and God, that respect of God, that faith in him, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, the only one that could wipe my record clean is Emmanuel, that came as a little baby. Colossians chapter 1, and then I'm coming to the conclusion this morning. Colossians chapter 1. In whom, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Someone can wrong you and you can say, I'll never forget. But God says, listen, as far as east is from the west, I'm going to forget. I'm going to push away at the worst that you've done to me. I'm going to forgive you every last injustice you've done to me. Forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Jesus is God. For by him were all things created. Jesus created all things that are in heaven. And that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Jesus is the creator. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And there in that little stable, in that little manger, lay the one who spoke the world into existence. And yet he would humble himself for me an enemy, for you an enemy of his. Because he values so much that we would be in a relationship with him. And his sacrifice can remove all of our bad deeds. This Christmas, allow Emmanuel to not only be with you, not only to know about him, not only to celebrate him, but may he indwell you by faith in what he did on that cross and the resurrection. It is the greatest gift you can ever receive to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. May Emmanuel be more than mere sentimental Christmas hymns, but rather the tune of your heart and the indwelling of God's Spirit. The story is told of a woman who left her husband the husband called the police and filed a missing persons report. A few weeks later, the police found her a few counties over. They asked him if he wanted them to take him to her. By now, the husband had realized how poorly he had treated his wife. He decided to write his wife, and he did for months. Finally, Christmas came, and he went to see her. She was living in a rundown hotel. He asked her to come home, and she did. On the way home, he said, I 
written you for months. Why did you come home so easily? She replied, Because those were just letters. This time you came in person. Christ, Emmanuel, He came in person to save us and to show us His love. Will you receive His love this Christmas? If you're a Christian and you know for sure where you're going when this life is over, and you, you know there's a time and place that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's not a baptism, it's not doing good works, but there's a time and place in your life, some point in your past, where you put your faith in the shed blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ exclusively upon him, not in some good works or any sacraments or such, but only in Jesus. And Christian, and, and for those, if you're a Christian this morning, Christian, we have access to all peace. We have access to Emmanuel because he indwells us. He loves us. He came for us. And the peace we forfeit is because we get away from the Emmanuel who wants to be with us. We push him away to do our own will. He says, I want to be with you. You can't lose him if you're a Christian, but you can sure quench his presence and you can make it uncomfortable. Emmanuel, God with us. Peace, goodwill to men. If I could have Mrs. Pat come forward, we'll have a time of invitation this morning and if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you could say, Pastor, as you were speaking this morning, I realize I've been trusting in my good works, trusting in the church I go to, trusting in maybe I was baptized as an infant or something else, but this morning I realize that it's only Jesus and I just need to put my faith in Him alone. I'd love to show you from the Bible how you could know for sure. be happy to pray for you. And Christian, we get to celebrate God with us. Fear not. It's good news. Amen. As the music plays, I trust that you would just pray and talk with the Lord however he may have spoken to your heart this morning. This is just a time to pray and reflect upon the message and the words that were spoken. My friend, what wonderful words. Amen.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Father, thank you for showing us humility. Thank you for showing us love. And Lord, as we celebrate this day, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd be glorified. May your name be lifted up and praised. Father, I pray that you've been pleased with the service this morning. That all would be to your praise and honor and glory. God, that's our desire of our hearts. To make your name known. I love you. God, help us as we go out to be an ambassador for Emmanuel. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. God bless you.